We could really take this passage that we're going to look at tonight, it really could be a missions passage. I believe much of the Bible could be that, but we're going to speak on the subject tonight in 1 Chronicles chapter number 19 of help for the battle. Help for the battle. We've been speaking about hands to the plow this year. And sometimes we, we forget that uh, to keep our hands to the plow, many times we need help to do that. Uh, we need brothers, we need brethren uh, who encourage us and help us. And that's what we're going to find in the passage tonight. And so let me read, I'll, I'll read a good bit before we actually get to our text tonight. But let's begin reading in verse number 1 tonight. 1 Chronicles chapter number 19. David has been established as uh, fully established, if we could use that phrase. He has been fully established as the king in Israel. And in verse number 1 of chapter 19, the Bible says, Now it came to pass after this that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, died, and his son reigned in his stead. And David said, I will show kindness unto Hanan, the son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. And David sent messengers to comfort him concerning his father. So the servants of David came into the land of the children of Ammon to Hanan to comfort him. But the princes of the children of Ammon said to Hanan, Thinkest thou that David doth honor thy father, that he hath sent comforters unto thee? Are not his servants come unto thee for to search and to overthrow and to spy out the land? Wherefore Hanan took David's servants and shaved them and cut off their garments in the midst hard by their buttocks and sent them away. He put them to shame is what he did. That's what he was trying to do. Then there went certain and told David how the men were served. And he sent to meet them, for the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Tarry at Jericho, Jericho excuse me, until your beards be grown, and then return. And one of the children of Ammon saw that they had made themselves odious to David. Hanan and the children of Ammon sent a thousand talents of silver to hire them chariots and horsemen out of Mesopotamia and out of Syria, Mecha, and out of Zobah. And by the way, he knows something's getting ready to happen, doesn't he? I love the word there in verse number 6. Made themselves odious. They knew what they did uh, stunk in the nostrils of David. And they knew trouble was coming. David wasn't going to let that slide. And so the Bible says they began to hire chariots and mercenaries, if you will. Verse number 7, So they hired 30 and 2,000 chariots, and the king of Medja and his people, who came and pitched before Mediba. And the children of Ammon gathered themselves together from their cities and came to battle. And when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the host of the mighty men. And the children of Ammon came out and put the battle in array before the gate of the city. And the kings that were come were by themselves in the field. Now when Joab saw that the battle was set against him before and behind, he chose out of all the choice of Israel and put them in array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he delivered into the hand, excuse me, unto the hand of Abishai his brother. And they set themselves in array against the children of Ammon. Verse number 12 is really where we want to get our thought and our text and our truth tonight. Verse number 12, And he said, in verse number 11, And the rest of the people he delivered unto the hand of Abishai his brother, and they set themselves in array against the children of Ammon. And he said, If the Syrians be too strong for me, then thou shalt help me. But if the children of Ammon be too strong for thee, then I will help thee. So tonight I want us to look at that subject, help 
for the battle. Help for the battle. Father, help us tonight. Teach us, remind us, challenge us, stir us, whatever, whatever would be needed tonight. Father, every heart in here tonight has walked in these doors maybe with a different need. And Father, we may not know every need that sits in these pews tonight, but Father, You are intimately aware, You are intimately knowledgeable about every need that is present here tonight. And so Lord, I pray that Your Word will meet every need. It can if we will allow it. And Lord, I pray that it would meet every need that is present tonight. Father, I I thank You for Brother J.J. and Miss L.K. Father, I thank You for them being with us tonight. And Father, I pray that You would help them in their travels, help them in their deputation trail and Father use them in a wonderful way and Father I pray that we would take the card I pray that we would be busy and engaged about praying for them and Father I pray that you'd meet their every need Father we pray for our children tonight and our teenagers next door Father I pray that this would be just one more opportunity for your word to be placed into their hearts Father there there are no doubt some children and some teenagers here tonight who have never come to the knowledge of Christ. I pray tonight might be that night. Father, some of our teens and some of our children, they're saved. They know it. But Father, they have struggles and they have temptations. And Father, we pray that Your Word would would strengthen them even tonight to meet those challenges and those temptations. And then Father, for us in here tonight, I pray that we would be reminded, Father, that we're here to help each other. And Father, sometimes the enemy... It's too strong for one group, and so the other group needs to help. And then at later times, the enemy is too strong for this brother, and so another brother needs to come along and help and encourage. And So Lord, I pray that you'd remind us of that tonight. Challenge us and encourage us, and we'll surely give you the thanks and glory for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I want to give you three truths tonight, and these really, we've seen these before, and We'll be reminded of these tonight, but I want to bring you three truths tonight and encourage our hearts about this matter of help for the battle. Number one, I want us to see this, and we know this. We've said it many, many times. We'll continue to say it because it's true. But number one tonight, I want us to see that the foe is vigilant. The foe is vigilant. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 10. In verse number 10, the Bible says, Now when Joab saw that the battle was set against him, notice this. Before and where? Behind. Before and behind. The foe is against us before. The foe is against us behind. Look, the foe is vigilant, is he not? The foe is always vigilant. Now, please please don't misunderstand. The foe is not more powerful than the God that we serve, is he? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The foe is not greater. We're not saying that tonight. But what we are saying is that the foe is vigilant. The foe may lose a battle today, but he'll be back tomorrow. The foe may lose the battle tomorrow, but he'll be back again. The foe is vigilant. I want to show you just real quickly. Take your Bibles and go back to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter number 21. 2 Samuel 21. Just real quickly, I want to read eight verses here. 2 Samuel chapter number 21. The foe is vigilant. The foe is against us before. The foe is against us behind. The foe is vigilant. 2 Samuel chapter number 21. Let's begin reading in verse number 15. The Bible says, Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. Now, I want you to notice how many times that idea and that thought is mentioned just in these eight verses. That word again. 
And again, it may not be the same word, but it's the thought, it's the idea. The Bible says, Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. And David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. David's a little bit older here. And the Bible says he waxed faint. And Ishbi Benob, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, by the way, Abishai, we saw him in our passage tonight, one of the, the sons of Zeruiah, one of the nephews of David. The Bible says, But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this that there was what? Again. That there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Then Sibachai the Hushathite slew Saph, which was of the sons of the giant. And there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines. Notice that, verse 19, again. And then there was a battle again. Hey, we've killed a couple of them. By the way, David had already killed one, hadn't he? Already killed Goliath when he was a young man. Already killed Goliath. And now they just keep coming back. The, the brothers and the sons, and they, they just keep coming back. And there was again a battle in God with the Philistines where Elhanan, the son of Jeroorgim, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was yet, okay, it doesn't use the word again, but now we have the word yet. There was yet, there's another, there was yet a battle in Gath where it was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number, and he also was born to the giant. It's a pretty big guy, isn't it? Six fingers, twelve fingers, twelve toes. You wouldn't want to mess with him, would you? But the Bible said they defeated him as well. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, the brother of David, slew him. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. We mentioned this, I think, recently. You think about the five stones that David took. He only used one of them. What were the other four for? Well, maybe. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us specifically, but maybe... There was these four here. Maybe when he went out the first time, he was ready to take care of all five of them. But anyway, they take care of the four here. Here's the truth tonight. The foe is vigilant. The foe is not more powerful. David and his servants, more specifically his servants here in 2 Samuel 21, they defeated the giants, did they not? But they still kept coming back. They still kept coming back. The foe is vigilant. And here's the truth tonight. We, we've said it several times recently Husbands and wives and children, uh, Ephesians 5 and Ephesians chapter number 6, you are high value targets. You are high value targets. By the way, what's the first group of people in that passage in Ephesians 5 where it talks about being filled with the Spirit? Right after that, it begins to speak about groups of individuals. Right before we get to Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 10, uh, down through verse 18 where it talks about the armor of God. There, there are several different people groups there. We've mentioned those. But the very first one is who? The very, very first group, husbands and wives. Why does, why does the enemy battle the family so hard 
Because the family is the cornerstone of our, our civilization. Why, why does the enemy come against husbands and wives and against children and their parents? Why does the enemy today come against the, the, very, the very standard that God set up when it came to man and woman that man is supposed to marry a woman, a woman is supposed to marry a man, and all of us were created either man or woman? Why does the enemy fight against that? Because that's a high value target. And the foe is vigilant. Listen, that's why, listen, husbands and wives tonight, that, that's why, that's why you, keep, you need to keep a short account with your spouse. You don't need to, need to excuse me, little, I've been with kids. You don't need to let things fester and boil up and get to a bad point, do you? That's, listen, do husbands and wives argue? Do husbands and wives in here argue? I know she does. No, yes, they do. Why? Because we're still in this flesh. But let me say this. If you're a child of God tonight, husband, if you're a child of God, wife, if you're a child of God, you ought not fight as much as the average person in this world. Because you have the Holy Spirit. Because you have the Bible that tells you you ought to act differently. You, you have the Word of God that teaches you. I have the Word of God that tells me as her husband that I am to love her the way Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. I am to be, I am to be sacrificial and I am to love her unconditionally. It's not about me. I am not supposed to be so selfish in the marriage. And by the way, neither is she. That's why in verse 21 it begins, speaks about us being submissive to one another in the fear of the Lord. So number one tonight, and I say all that simply, the foe is vigilant. The foe is vigilant. The foe is vigilant with our children. The foe doesn't want our children to be obedient. Does he? No. And the foe wants to put as much in their path as he possibly can to lure them away from the things of God and the things of church and to lure them away from their parents. By the way, isn't it amazing? The two people that, that most of the time, and I know it's not true all the time, but the two people that love those children the most and the devil, the enemy, is able to put it in their minds that those two people hate them. Isn't that amazing? But that's how vigilant he is. That's how engaged he is. Number one tonight, the foe is vigilant. But let me give you number two. We're running out of time. Number one, the foe is vigilant. Number two, because of that, because the foe is vigilant, number two, the, excuse me, the fellows must be valiant. And when I say fellows, I'm talking about us tonight. I'm talking about the brethren tonight. I'm talking about back in 1 Chronicles chapter number 9 or excuse me, 19, beginning in verse number 8. The Bible says, When David heard it, he sent Joab and all the hosts of the mighty men and the children of Ammon came out and put the battle in array before the gate of the city. And the kings that were come were by themselves in the field. Now when Joab saw that the battle was set against him before and behind, he chose out of all the, 
excuse me, out of all the choice of Israel and put them in array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he delivered into the hand of Abishai's brother, and they set themselves in array against the children of Ammon. And he said, If the Syrians be too strong for me, then thou shalt help me. But if the children of Ammon be too strong for thee, then I will help thee. Notice this. Notice verse 13. Be of good courage. Be of good courage, men. Whether the foe is before, whether he's behind, whether he's too too strong for you, or whether he's too strong for me, we're going to help each other. But notice what he says. Be of good courage. And notice this. And let us behave ourselves valiantly for our people and for the cities of our God and let the Lord do that which is good in His sight. So Joab and the people that were with him drew nigh before the Syrians unto the battle and they fled before him. And when the children of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fled, they likewise fled before Abishai his brother and entered into the city. Then Joab came to Jerusalem. And when the Syrians saw that they were put to the worst before Israel, they sent messengers and drew forth the Syrians that were beyond the river. And Shophak, the captain of the host of Hadarezer, went before them. And then the last three verses, they continue the battle. And the Bible says, verse number 19, And when the servants of Hadarezer saw that they were put to the worst before Israel, they made peace with David and became his servants. Neither would the Syrians help the children of Ammon anymore. Our fellows, we as fellows, as brethren, we must be valiant. Valiant for what? Valiant for who? Valiant for their people. Verses 5 and 6, 12 and 13. Valiant for their places. Verses 12 and 13. And valiant most of all for the preeminent. Verse number 13. He says, Be of good courage and let us behave ourselves valiantly for it. Notice this, for our people and for our, excuse me, and for the cities, the people, the places, but the cities of what? The cities of our God. Valiant for their people, valiant for their places, and valiant most of all for the preeminent. The foe is vigilant before and behind. And because of that, as fellows, as brethren tonight, we have to be valiant for each other. By the way, that, that doesn't mean that, that I'm, I'm a good marksman with an AR-15. Now if you are that's good, you can be my bodyguard, but that's not what I'm talking about tonight. We're talking about spiritually. How, how, how are we valiant? We're valiant when we pray. We're valiant when we're in the Word of God and we're learning and we're understanding the Word of God and we're, we're, we're we're becoming skilled with our sword. That's how we're valiant. When we become skilled with our sword. When we're praying and we're interceding and we're supplicating. At the throne of grace for our other fellows. Valiant for the people. Valiant for the places. Most of all, valiant for the preeminent. He says all three there in verse number 13. Be of good courage. Again, what is courage? Faith in God's promises. And let us behave ourselves valiantly for our people and for the cities of our God. Number one tonight, the foe is vigilant. Number two, because of that, the fellows must be valiant. Valiant. We said it many, many times. I'm not trying to be repetitious tonight, but repetition helps us. 
I'm not trying to be repetitious tonight, but moms and dads, and I speak to myself tonight, our children need us to be valiant. When it comes to spiritual matters, our children need to, for us to be who we should be. Our children don't, don't need a daddy. My three kids don't need a daddy who can speak it. They need a daddy who lives it. Now, yes, should I speak it? Absolutely. But if I speak it and I don't live it, it's not real to them. It's just hypocrisy to them. If they hear me speak it and speak it and speak it and preach it and preach it and preach it, that's the thing about preachers' kids. They, they hear it and they hear it and they hear it every week, but then they live with the person who says it every day of their lives. And if that person is a hypocrite, it's not real to them. And dear dads and moms tonight, if we're going to preach it to them and if we're, going to, if, we're, if we're going to take time to have devotionals with our children and we should, if we're going to do that, then we have to get up every day and live it. We have to get up every day and live it. We must be valiant for our children by living it, but by going to the throne of grace every day on behalf of our children. Do we do that? I hope we do. I hope I do. I hope I go to the throne of grace for my children more than the accuser of the brethren goes against them. We need to be valiant. By the way, we need to be valiant for each other. The people, the members of this church, but the place itself. We need to be valiant for this place and the people who worship and inhabit and reside here on a weekly basis. Valiant. You say, well, Pastor, we live in 2023. The world's a mess. Nobody really lives true Christianity. I hope that's not true. I hope you do. I'm not talking about being perfect tonight. We still reside in this flesh. But I hope every single one of us tonight have a desire and we strive to live according to the truth of God's Word. That matters. Holiness still matters. Now I know, the, I know much of the Christian world today would push back against that. And say, no, 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 that doesn't matter. What matters is that we get as many people saved as we possibly can. Absolutely. But does that negate the fact that God still said we're to be holy? It does not. We don't have to... We don't have to give up one for the other. That's the vigilance of the foe teaching us that. That you have to give up one for the other. Well, you can't win people if you still live holy and if you still do right, if you still act right and talk right and look right. You can't win people like that. That's a lie from the devil. And the foe is vigilant. And because of that, the brethren, the fellows have to be valiant. Let me give you number three and we're done. Number three, number one, the foe is vigilant. Number two, the, foe, the fellows, that's us. We must be valiant, valiant for each other, for the people, for the places, and most of all, for the preeminent. And then let me give you number three. Here's the truth tonight. Number three, faith. Faith is the victory. The foe is vigilant. The fellows must be valiant. But faith is the victory. Do you see what it said in verse 13? Look at verse 13 again. Be of good courage and let us behave ourselves valiantly for our people and for the cities of our God. Yes, let's do it. 
Can you imagine Abishai and, and Joab there? And Joab, he's, he's working up the troops and he's got one troop and Abishai has another troop. And Joab says, look, if they're too strong for you, Abishai, we'll help you. Hey, Abishai, if they're too strong for us, you help us. And boy, they're getting the troops ready. And boy, they're giving them a pep talk. And man, they're getting ready to go out and fight. And they're getting ready to go out and win. And he says, be of good courage. Let us behave ourselves valiantly for our people and for the cities of our God. But notice this. And let the Lord do that which is good in His sight. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. What is the key? He said, be of good courage. What is courage? Faith in God's promises. Faith is the victory. He said, and let the Lord do that which is good in His sight. Faith is the victory. We must have faith in God's will and we must have faith in God's word. We must have faith in God's will and we must have faith in God's word. I don't have time. I've got some passages, but I don't have time to read those tonight. Help for the battle. Nathan may be battling with something at a moment... When you're not battling with that, he may need your help. I may be battling with something at a moment. You're not battling with that, but you've battled with it before, and you can come and help me. Help for the battle. Hey, if that enemy is too strong for you, I'll come and help you. If this enemy is too strong for me, I'll come and help you. Before and behind, the foe is vigilant. We're going to help each other. We're, we're, we're going to watch out for each other. We're, 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 going to, we're going to be watchmen for each other. Because the foe is vigilant, but listen, we're going to be valiant. And here's the wonderful thing. God gives the victory anyway. The brother said it. It's not, it's not about us. It's about God Almighty who uses just willing vessels, faith in His will and faith in His Word. Just uses willing vessels who have faith in God's Word and God gives the victory. And that's exactly what happens here in the Ammonite-Syrian war that David had. God gave the victory. Boy, I love David, David, David. Even back when he goes against Goliath. And he goes before Saul. What does he tell him? He said, I went before a lion and I went before a bear. But who did he say gave the victory? He said, God. God was the one that really took care of that lion and took care of that bear. And just like He did that, He's going to take care of Goliath. Faith is the victory. Pastor, that's too simple. Well, let me just, it's the Bible. Faith is the victory. Well, well Pastor, I, I've, got, I've, got to go, I've got to go do something. I, I've got to manipulate the situation and I've got to help God work things out. Isn't that funny? Sometimes we think we can help God out. The God who has the greatest strategies and the greatest military plans, which really is, is simply this, all He has to do is speak. And that's all He has to do is speak. When He comes back in Revelation 19, you know what He's going to do? He's going to speak. The, 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 the Word, His Word, is going to proceed from His mouth, that sharp two-edged sword. And who can stand against that? Nobody. Help for the battle.
The foe is vigilant. Boy, don't you just hate the world, the flesh, and the devil? They don't ever give up. It's like I won a battle today, and then you get up tomorrow, and it's like, man, I've got to fight it again. The foe is vigilant. That's why the fellows must be valiant. And faith is the victory. Let's be courageous. Let's be valiant for our people, for our cities, and the cities of our God. But hey, let's let God do that which is good. And that which is, excuse me, let the Lord do that which is good in His sight. Dear friend, tonight we need to be what we ought to be so that we can help each other. And let me say this, we need to be available to help each other. We need to be sensitive. By the way, I know we're not not perfect in this all the time, are we? You know, sometimes we we miss it and sometimes we're so busy that we, we just miss the needs of others sometimes. But boy, we need to be sensitive to to. The fact that, hey, there's a brother who's battling, and right now the enemy, ew, the enemy before is too strong for him. And I need to come and help. Ooh, the, the enemy's too strong behind for, for this brother right now. I need to come and help. Help for the battle. I pray that that would be our hearts tonight. We're going to pray. It's 8 o'clock. If you need to go and get your kids, I understand. We are going to have a business meeting, a quarterly business meeting. It should be quick. Just going to go over the financial statements for this past quarter. but So if you can stay, please do. Um, we'll get everybody in here for, for Master Club. We would normally dismiss the prayer, but we're going to get everybody over here as quick as we can so we can get kids home. And we'll probably start um, hopefully about five after.